give you honor and we give you glory. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua's name, we do pray that every heart that believe and receive say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Help lead in. Amen. Praise and worship service. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They started and said, I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. 
Amen. Any more? Amen. We thank and praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to get ready, amen, to move on to, to the Word. But before we move on to the Word of God, we're going to thank God for our apostle, amen, Miller James Pearson Jr. again, amen, on, the, on today, amen, hallelujah, amen, amen. Amen. We want to thank God for him. Amen. On today. Amen. Amen. We love the Lord on today. Amen. We just thank God as he get ready to prepare. Amen. To bring us. Amen. Some words before our speaker come. Amen. 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 Let's shout hallelujah. Amen. Let's shout hallelujah. Amen. We thank God. Amen. Amen. Right now we're going to thank God. Amen. For our apostle Miller James Pearson Jr. Amen. As he, amen, get ready, amen, to give us words, amen, before our speaker, amen, also to introduce our speaker, amen, on this evening. Let's thank God for Apostle Pearson. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank God for Jesus on, to, on today. Thank God for him allowing us to be here and allowing us to see another day. Thank God for this being set aside for the youth on tonight. I want to encourage you and let you know. As you get ready to start this school year journey, keep your mind on God. Amen. Keep your mind on God. Don't let nobody change you from keeping your mind on God. Not only keep your mind on God, watch your surroundings. Amen. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Yes, yes. And I want to tell you, be encouraged. Yes. And God will take you through this school year. And whatever else you got to go in life. And I want to tell you, I thank God for you on tonight. I want to tell you, I love each and every one of you. Jesus loves you most of all. And I want to thank God for y'all on tonight. At this time, could everybody stand? As we get ready to bring the man of God, Bishop, I mean, Dr. Reginald Bell Jr.
Apostles food. My dad loves Apostles food. Apostle was actually at the church uh, about a month ago. He was at the church about a month ago. And uh, my God, I'm still licking my fingers from the ribs. I'm still licking my fingers from the ribs. So we praise God for them. But please keep, please keep uh, Bishop Bell and Co-Pastor Bell and the Bible Way House of Prayer Church family in your prayers. Amen? Amen. 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 We're going to go to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. I'm also grateful to be preaching tonight, and I promise I'm going to go ahead and get to the Word, but I had an opportunity. I used to attend Talladega College. Now, some of you are probably wondering, should I listen to this man you know, whatever he's about to talk talk about, is it worth my time? I think you should listen to me. I, I had an opportunity to attend Talladega College, and I should have, you know, been in the library or should have, you know, been reading some type of book. Had I been managing my affairs with the discipline that Apostle manages his, I would have been doing well in school. But no, I wanted to have fun. And so, if you guys and I were involved in a prank that got us kicked out of school. So you can imagine how angry my parents were. I mean, well, no, they were very gracious. My parents have always been very gracious. They were very gracious. But I got kicked out of school. Are you all with me? Man, man. For foolishness. Over some foolishness. So, before I drove to the church, I actually drove past the college and I said, Lord, have mercy. But I'm grateful for how far God has brought me that you can make a mistake in your life. But a mistake does not have to define the rest of your life. Did you all hear what I said? You can make a mistake. We all Make mistakes. But a mistake does not have to define who you are for the rest of your life. Got to keep moving forward. Amen. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. So I figured you all should know when I was here I should have been studying. I got kicked out of school. Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25 verses 27 through 34. It says, so the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Jacob because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Verse 29, now Jacob cooked a stew. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him, so he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, uh, drank arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. For the next few moments that we share with one another, I want to speak from this topic. Deal or no deal. Amen. Deal or no deal. Several years ago, NBC had a popular game show called Deal or No Deal. The rules were simple. The contestant is confronted with 26 sealed briefcases full of varying amounts of cash ranging from a measly penny to one million dollars. Who would love to win one million dollars? Tell the truth, tell the truth. The contestant chooses a briefcase. 
when you choose a briefcase, it's yours forever if you choose it. Every now and then, as they are deciding, a contestant is pressured to give up his or her briefcase by a mysterious entity known as the banker. Throughout the game show, the banker sits in a room with dark tinted windows and he watches the players trying to analyze their mental state so that he can determine the best time to make a move. The sole purpose of the banker is to make sure the contestant leaves with as little, somebody say little, little. with as little as possible. After the banker makes a cash offer to buy the briefcase, that prompted the host, Howie Mandel, to ask the all-important question, deal. Or no deal. Anybody, did anybody see that show? But consider this. Before the contestant makes their decision, he or she is encouraged to seek the advice of family and friends. They can seek advice from mama and daddy, big mama, Uncle John, Pookie them. But at the end of the day, only one decision matters. Regardless of what everybody else says, the contestant's destiny depends on his or her final answer. God has me on assignment here tonight, and part of my assignment is to inform you that everyone, or is to inform everyone that this game show is similar to life. We are that contestant from the oldest person to the youngest. We are the contestant, and every day that we climb out of bed, we constantly find ourselves in deal or no deal situations. But there's a great difference between what occurs on television or what we see on our phones. There's a difference between what we see on television and what we see on our mobile devices. Because, And the difference is, ours is not a game show. This is real life. Unlike the game show, more is at stake than money. God has entrusted each of us with a special briefcase. And how we handle or mishandle the treasures inside of our briefcase, how we handle or mishandle our blessed briefcase can significantly alter our life and the life of everybody around us. I have a question tonight and my question is if you handed me your briefcase and I peeked inside of your briefcase, if you gave me your briefcase and I peeked inside of your briefcase, I wonder what God given treasure would I find? In other words, what's inside of your briefcase? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what's inside of your briefcase? Is it your salvation? Is it your God-given purpose? Is it your integrity? Is it your destiny? What's inside of your briefcase? Is it your close walk with God? Is it your prayer life? Is it the key to your success? What's inside of your briefcase? Is it your lifelong dream? Is it your anointing? Is it your virginity? Is it your joy, your peace, your happiness? What's 
inside of your briefcase. Unlike the people on the show, I can ask you what's inside of your briefcase because you know what God has given you. Yes, 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 yes. The people on the show, they don't have a clue, but you have a good idea that God has given you something special. Do I have a witness in here? Is there anybody in here that knows that God has given you something special? Like the contestant on the show, we too have bankers. We are surrounded by people who contemplate the best time to attack us. They sit, they watch, they wait until they notice we are in need, that we are hurting, that we are low on money or another resource. And at that moment, they try to take advantage of us. We are being observed by people who strongly desire the special God-given blessing we have. But check this out, y'all. They want it, but they don't want to give us its true value. They want to give us as little as possible for the valuable treasures inside our briefcases. In some cases, we can give up the treasures and get nothing in the return. These people do not care. Know this, just as the banker is guaranteed to call, at some point, the devil is guaranteed to call. Like the banker, the devil, the devil will call upon us because that's his job. He doesn't benefit unless he makes an offer. However, at the end of the day, it is still up to us to decide, deal, or no deal. It's your briefcase, and the only way it can change or it, 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 it can change hands is if you decide to give it to give it up. Can't no demon in hell take it from you. You have to decide to give it up. In Genesis 25, Esau found himself in a real life deal or no deal situation. Esau is the contestant and he has a briefcase. Inside of Esau's briefcase is his birthright which entitles him to many God-given blessings. Esau is the contestant and he has a valuable briefcase. Like the banker on the game show, somebody realizes that Esau's briefcase is valuable and they want it. Jacob, Esau's brother, represents the banker. Jacob has been watching Esau for years, waiting for the best time to make a move. Jacob has been evaluating Esau ever since they were in their mother's womb. The Bible says when Esau came out of his mother's womb, Jacob was holding on to his heel. This suggests for years and years, Jacob has always wanted Esau's briefcase. Like the banker on the show, Jacob makes Esau an offer. This means Esau faces the all-important question, deal or Come on, y'all. Deal or no deal. Unfortunately, Esau said deal when he should.
should have said no deal. Though Esau made the wrong decision, we can still learn lessons from his situation to help us when we face the all-important question, deal or no deal. First, when deciding deal or no deal, number one, be aware of desperation. Be aware of desperation. You all know what it means to be desperate, right? Mm -hmm. Who wants to be desperate? Mm -hmm. Who wants to be desperate? What does desperate mean? Is it good to be desperate for something other than God? The first thing Esau teaches us when deciding deal or no deal is to be aware of desperation. Desperation is a lurking spirit. It makes you believe a situation is hopeless. It puts you in agony and it makes you believe that there is only one answer to your problem. And if you're not careful, desperation will set up shop in your life. Desperation overpowered Esau. It clouded his vision and it began to speak for him. In verse 32, Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what good is my birthright to me? Message Bible says, Esau said, I'm starving. What good is my birthright if I'm dead? Esau perceives he is starving and is about to die. But clearly his belief that he is at the point of starvation is an exaggeration. He is not starving and he is not near the point of death. At most, he is just hungry after a hard day. Has anybody ever just had a hard day and you and you hungry? But how many know you are not about to what? Hear me, church, in our desperation, we exaggerate and we turn once. Into needs. The reality is, Esau, you can survive without Jacob's stew. You don't need it. You just desperately want it. A, a, a child goes to his parent, to his father, and says, Dad, I have to have the next pair of J's. Dad, I have to have the next pair of J's, the Jordans. They're coming out next week. And he says, Dad, if I don't get them, I'm going to drop dead. The dad looks at him and says, well, okay, son. Drop dead. Because <laughs> you're not getting them J's. You can get the Jordash. <laughs> See, some of you that y'all may be too young. When I was young, that was the Walmart version. Or whatever store you did not want to get a pair of shoes from. That was the Jordash verse. We have to stop turning wants into needs. Second, when deciding deal or no deal, consider the ramifications. Consider the, the consequences. Consider the, um, we hear the scripture, you reap what you sow. Sow. Before you sow, think about the outcome. Consider the ramifications. Verse 30 says, and Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. 
Therefore, his name was called Edom, which literally means red. The text suggests that that this incident gave Esau a new identity. Verse 27 says, And Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. Esau was an expert hunter. He knew how to trick and capture his prey skillfully. But in the text, I see a contradiction. His actions cause a change in how he is identified. Because his brother takes advantage of him, Esau is depicted as the unwise hunted. He was tricked. Has anybody ever been tricked? Is that ever a good feeling? No. He was tricked and captured. His actions are a contradiction of his identification. If I could talk to Esau, I would say, Esau, who? Esau, who are you? He would say, I'm a clever hunter. Then I would say, why have you been outsmarted and captured? If I could have a conversation with some of you, I would ask, who are you? You will say, you will say, well, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I will say, then why do you hate what you see when you look in the mirror? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Then why do you hate what you see when you look in the mirror? Amen. Who are you? Well, I'm a hard working student. And then I will say, well, then why do you skip class? You never do your homework. And you keep putting off school. Who are you? You'll say, I'm a proud black person. Then I will ask, well then, why do you not do anything for black people? Why is your life all about you? Why do you demean and despise other black people? You do know that there are other people who look like us who demean and despise other black people just for no other reason than because they what? Than because they what? Black. Number three. Are y'all still with me? Number three. So Esau teaches us about desperation. He teaches us about ramifications. And finally... He helps us to understand the need for, this is a word I want y'all to put in your, um, write this down because this is going to be concerning, a way to think about how you pray, what it means to pray. Alright? Contemplation. C-O-N-T-E-M-P-L-A-T-I-O-N. Contemplation. C-O-N-T-E-M-P-L-A-T-I-O-N. Esau teaches us the need for spiritual contemplation. Watch this, which is a form of prayer. It's a form of prayer. Spiritual spiritual contemplation will prevent acts of desperation and help you to understand the consequences of what you do. Jacob was cooking stew. This was lentil stew. Esau is 
essentially wanted a bowl of lentils. Jacob said, give me your birthright in exchange. Esau says, deal. And Esau exchanged his birthright for a bowl of stew. Prayer is a secret weapon. E. Stanley Jones said, contemplative prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. All right. Anybody ever been on a boat? Amen. Anybody ever been on a boat? Amen. Okay, watch this. If I throw out a boat hook, throw out a boat hook from the boat, and it catches the shore. If I throw out a boat hook from the boat and it catches the shore. Now, do I pull the shore to me or am I pulled to the shore? If I'm in the boat and I throw the boat hook to the shore and I pull it, am I pulling the shore to me or am I pulling the boat to the shore? See, that's how we need to start understanding prayer and communication with God. Prayer is not you're pulling God to you. No, no, no. That's not what this is. It is about you being pulled deeper and deeper and deeper and closer and closer to God and what God's will is. Prayer is not pulling God to our will, but the aligning of our will to the will of God. If you want to avoid desperation, I'm telling y'all, listen to me, I'm telling y'all, when I was young, I, you know, I was a busybody. I always had to have a lot going on. But the older I get, listen to me, y'all. I'm telling you, the older I get, the more I just slow down and just observe. You don't have to do all that talking. No, no, no. Just observe and just talk to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, God. Okay, I saw that happen. Yes, God. Okay. I promise you, if you figure out how to slow down, you'll avoid desperations and the consequences of sin and will engage in prayerful, it will engage in prayerful contemplation. I believe if Esau had set aside time for prayerful contemplation, the conversation in his mind would have gone something like this. Really want the bowl of lentils. But to get it, I have to give up my birthright. My birthright represents the deed to the promised land. The promised land, according to scripture, will be a land flowing with milk and honey. It will contain houses. I did not build and trees and gardens that I did not plant. Which means which means if I give up my briefcase which contains my birthright I will be accepting a bowl one measly bowl of stew and giving up an entire country in which, <coughs> excuse me, in which I can grow acres and acres of lentils and my family for generations will be able to eat hmm, a bowl full of lentils. 
lentils, a small bowl that I can hold in my hand, or a country that's so large until the only hand that's big enough to hold it is God. A bowl, a country, a bowl, a country, a bowl, a country, without a doubt, I'll take the country. However, because he didn't engage in contemplation, Esau said what we sometimes say, give me the bowl and give me the bowl now. When you decide to, you know, go behind your parents' back and form um, um, a group conversation, a group text message, however you communicate with your friends, and one friend will be responsible for this homework assignment, and another friend will be responsible for this homework assignment, and you all share the homework assignment with each other. Understand this, it's going to catch up with you. If you are not doing the homework, it, uh, trust me, it's going to catch up with you. That's you saying, give me the bowl and give me the bowl now. Give me the bowl and give me the bowl now. Will we sacrifice a long-term loving relationship for a few moments of limited lust? We are saying, give me the bowl and give me the bowl now. When we break the rules to climb on top of people, climb on top of people, watch this, gaining the whole world but losing your soul, we're saying, give me the bowl and give me the bowl The rapper, like Jennings, in his song, Sex, gives advice to women, and his advice is this, think before you let it go. And I think that applies to, to us today. Before you let go of anything that God has given you, I want to challenge you to think before you let it go. Offer the world's garments will 
Father, I will not die on the cross and I will not rise early on a Sunday morning. If I accept this offer, we wouldn't be in church on tonight. If I accept this offer, because Jesus realized that the consequences meant total devastation. Jesus looked at the devil and I believe Jesus looked the devil in the eye and Jesus said, devil, I thought about what your offer was and my answer is no deal. And I just want to know, is there anybody that's in this building tonight or is there anybody that's watching around them? Is there anybody that's made up in your mind that it doesn't matter what he offers? It doesn't matter what he says. I'm not going to give up my briefcase. The truth is I've made up in my mind that I'm going to do whatever. I said whatever. I said whatever I have to do to hold on to my blessing. I said I'm going to do whatever I have to do to hold on to my blessing. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to hold on to my blessing. God gave me a briefcase so I'm going to do whatever I have to do to hold on to what God has given me. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to hold on to what God has given me. Can I get a witness in the building tonight? Can I get a witness? Can I get somebody to give some light? Somebody that's going to say, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to hold on to what God has given me. In the past, I made some bad deals. In the past, I went some places I should not have gone. In the past, I 
Amen. But I thank God, amen, for the word of God, 